With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Thank you for downloading and listening to the show. Happy Friday. I'm your host to take you into the weekend, Benjamin Wargo, the Wisconsin football and men's basketball beat writer for Rivals.com. This is week two of our Wisconsin football spring breakdown of the Badgers roster. Last week, we talked about Wisconsin quarterbacks and tailbacks, hearing from quarterback Graham Mertz and new tailback coach Gary Brown. Today, we're focusing on the wide receivers and the tight ends. We have conversations lined up with wide receivers coach Alvis Witted and senior receiver Kendrick Pryor. Those two were both hit hard last year during the pandemic-shortened season. Witted was hired in March 2020 but couldn't coach his players on technique on the field through most of the offseason because of COVID. And Pryor and fellow senior Danny Davis both were expected to be bedrocks of the passing game but both suffered early season concussions that limited them to a combined five games in 2020 exposing UW's inexperience and a lack of depth at the position. A year later, Davis and Pryor have returned for their bonus senior season, and Witted is finally getting a chance to get technical with his group without the pressure of preparing for a game. Later in the show, we'll talk with tight end coach Mickey Turner. UW's tight end group got a huge offseason boost when Jake Ferguson surprised a lot of people by announcing his return for a senior season. He actually made the decision about halfway through the season, didn't tell anyone, but still, the, the news gives Turner another season to help build the talent and confidence around him, around Ferguson, in a room that still has a lot of inexperience. We'll jump into all that today as Wisconsin gets ready to finish its fourth week of spring practices with one week left to go. Now, you look at Wisconsin's receivers that are in camp, and there's a lot of reasons to get excited about the explosive potential of this group. Now, thanks to the NCAA granting a blanket waiver to all players, Three of Wisconsin's scholarship seniors from 2020 are taking advantage of the bonus year. Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor, and Jack Dunn are all back for another go. Now, if you remember, Davis dazzled in that opener against Illinois, 72 yards on two catches, including a 53-yard touchdown at the end of the first half. But after a single six-yard catch at Michigan three weeks later, Davis didn't play again after suffering a concussion and dealing with the side effects. Pryor was the same way. He had five catches for 71 yards in the first two games, but also suffered a concussion, causing him to miss a critical road loss at Northwestern. Now, he returned to have three catches for 48 yards against Indiana, but reportedly suffered another concussion and then missed the final three games of last season. Now, Pryor and Davis entered 2020 having combined for 155 catches, over 1,800 yards, 15 receiving touchdowns, as well as 46 carries, 534 rushing yards, and six touchdowns on the ground in their three seasons. And when the two were on the field last year, the Badgers averaged 47 points and 449 yards per game in blowouts over the Illini and Michigan. And in the games without either of them on the field, the Badgers had only one pass play over 25 yards, just three receiving touchdowns, and had under 200 receiving yards the final three games of the season. Danny Davis told us this week, quote, we know that was a tough year for us with COVID and injuries. It wasn't working out for us as a whole group. 
will use that as an edge and fire for us. We want to be better and we will be better, end quote. Now, while Davis and Pryor having the chance to make amends from their disastrous 2020 season is part of the reason the duel is returning this year, the other reason is witted. Both players got to meet Alvis during the hiring process when head coach Paul Chris was looking to replace Ted Gilmore after Gilmore left for a job at Michigan State, and both Davis and Pryor became impressed with the players who had thrived under Witted's tutelage and his approach, both at the college and the professional level. Now, after feeling short change last season, both players are back on the field this spring and seeing growth to their individual games. Talking about his frustrating 2020 season and growing his game with Witted throughout these 15 practices, here is part of our conversation with Kendrick Pryor from earlier this week. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Kendrick, what did you consider when you were thinking about whether to come back? And what areas, now that you have come back, do you feel it's important to get better at this season? Um, well, you know, last year I only got the chance to play in two and a half games. So just, like, not wanting my last year to end, end like that because, you know, the concussion kept me out, like, the most of the year. And I tried to come back, but then re-aggravated it again uh Indiana week so just like that and just the guys you know just being around the team getting another chance to actually work with coach Witt where we have a full like some spring summer fall camp like he kind of like I kind of got me and Danny kind of got the chance to meet him a little bit earlier than everybody else since like we were kind of the seniors last year coming into this season so we got a chance but like we really didn't get a chance like we didn't have a spring ball last year some workouts were kind of funky where we're doing stuff and then we're told we're not having a season and then coming back. So just like all of that and like when my teammates, you know, just going out there just because I think this year could be really special offense and defense wise. And I think we could do a lot of good things. I may shock a lot of people this year. Yeah. Yeah. Kendrick, Alvis mentioned that too, that he told you guys he was coming back. He wanted to coach you and Danny for a full year. How did you get a good relationship with him in, in such a compressed period of time? Cause it's, it's not like this guy's been your position coach for three years or anything like that. Right. Um, you know, like I said, me and Danny got the chance to meet him a little bit. Like when he was getting interviewed, just kind of Coach Chris kind of called us up. Like, you know, this may be like our new receiver coach before the interview. So just getting a chance to talk with him and then like, you know, me just doing some research on my own, just going back to looking at the guys he had at Colorado State, Michael Gallup, Rashard Higgins, and uh, – I can't think of I forgot the other part, but having him having three All-Americans there and then coming, then him going to the NFL, coaching the Packers, and then just him learning or coaching Devontae Adams and that the whole Packers receiver core. And just kind of learn, like, for us or for me personally, just, you know, me wanting to pick his brain just to see, like, what he's coached guys where I'm trying to get All-American and – top top receivers in the NFL and he's played receiver as well so just learning from him or that that was kind of thing just 
as we talking to him, just lit, how he was talking to us and just like the things he was saying, like it caught my attention a lot and just me wanting to learn from him. Like what can I learn from him to help me improve my game so I can be ready to have a great season, good, great season this season and then, you know, move on to the NFL next year and continue like doing good in that, at that level. Kendrick, when you looked at last season, you mentioned you were held out uh, a number of games and then Danny obviously missed some as well. Just Do you get a sense from the receiver room, especially maybe from you guys, uh, just some hunger or the desire to kind of show last season wasn't who you guys are? Yeah, it's always – I think we always going to have that hunger or that that hunger mindset or like I call it like being a dog, just – when like just having that mindset, okay, like – Hungry, you're going to outwork that person in front of you no matter what scouting reports say. Like, something that I know that I've always had or I've always been taught to have that dog mentality. Just and whenever you step on that, like, kind of like Russell Westbrook is a great example. Off the field, he has a great off – the, off the court for Russell Westbrook, he has so many friends in the basketball world. But when – it's like when he steps on that field, though, like – or when he steps on that court, there is no friends. If you're not fighting on the same side as him – He's going out there every day, giving it a hundred and ten percent effort, and he's trying to kill that person across from him. And I think like just having that mindset, this going into this year, trying to make sure everyone has that mindset. Not even just the receiver group, just the the team as a whole. Just having that, us trying to have that dog mentality. Like when we step on this field, there's no friends. Like you even your, your roommate might be a DD, you might be roommates, but when you step up, when you step across the lines. There are no friends. You're trying to, you should want to try to kill that person, dominate that person every rep, because that's only going to make you better, and that's only going to make the person across from you better, and that will make us better as a team. I'm just wondering, if your receiving core is at full strength, you and Danny stay healthy, everybody stays healthy, and you have that full year of working with Graham, what's this passing attack kind of capable of delivering, do you think, this ball? I think we could get a lot done this year. You know, last year with being Graham's really first year, or he's getting that experience, you know, like me personally, I'm a guy, I need reps for me to learn things. Or I need to like go through some stuff. I need to mess up myself or do some things myself to see, you know, get the right look so I can know, okay, boom, how I can grow from that. Like, it's cool, you know, I mean, people like you might have, to, you might have to learn just looking at lines of paper and film because you may not get the opportunities other people get. But I know like since he got those Graham got those opportunities last year, he's seen a lot of different cover different coverages, seeing how people play, seeing what teams do and what teams don't do. And just him having that experience last year and him building off that, I only think like the ceiling is so much higher for this offense. And once like you said, once when we have everybody healthy, Graham got that year, you know, just all of us getting able to work together this spring and this summer, work on all that time and all that things. We really didn't have a chance to work on last year because of COVID. So I think this year, like, the ceiling for us is very high. Yeah, Kendrick, pretty much every one of your teammates we've talked to said they would just like to erase the 2020 season from their memory because of everything that went on. You got knocked out with the concussion and couldn't play. Can you share with us what it was like to have to sit on the sideline all those weeks and watch what was going on with the offense and not be able to help? Uh, just throughout my athletic career, since I started playing, I think that might have been the longest I've ever missed sitting out games. Like, not counting my moped accident a couple years ago, but besides that, like, that's the first time I've ever really missed a whole season in any basketball or football. And it was just, for me, it was a different, 
it was just different just knowing that I could be out there like making plays or me and Danny could be out there making plays helping the offense just push through the weird year that we're having with, with, with the year already being weird because of COVID like not having not having guys at practice every day or just you know because contact tracing or people getting COVID it's just like you never know what's going to that next day is going to be like you know you come to practice you may have the whole team you may be down 30 guys like for some teams you may be down 30 guys and it's just like just that whole experience and then just not being able to play is just like it was fun it was definitely frustrating but for me it was just trying to make sure I keep a positive attitude and help out the younger guys in any way that I could without actually being out there on the field like any questions they have like if you got some questions ask me or about a look or about a certain play like uh, I can help you even though I won't be out there physically to help like out there helping the offense but it was definitely frustrating you know just watching games like it's different from like my freshman year when I registered it okay boom I knew kind of okay I wasn't playing that year even though that was frustrating too because you know that's kind of my first time you know not being able to really play or step on the field and perform but it was a for me it was a great experience and I took the time to get stronger learn the playbook but just like but the COVID, the injury, like it was just very frustrating and different because not, the COVID, none of us, no one has experienced anything like that before. So for that, you really can't use that as an excuse because that was everyone was going through that same. But just being not being able to go out there and make plays and help the guys out, and I know like all the work we put in during the summer is just very frustrating. And that goes back to why I decided to come back. Just not want to let, let my senior season be two two and a half games and. Like just have that cold, like, and the way the season was just not wanting to end on that note. So just come wanting to come back, like, really, like if somebody said, erase last year, forget about it. It happened in the past, and move on to this next year. Where, for hopefully, supposedly we get the fans back this year. You know, I know they're gonna be happy about that. We're happy about that, and it's just getting everybody back out there and having like a normal or close to normal season as possible. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. That, again, was the media's interview with Pryor. And as you heard, Pryor and Davis being absent uh, should pay some dividends to the roster this fall and beyond. After all, without those two seniors, Jack Dunn had a career season a year ago. Just six catches for 61 yards and a touchdown in 35 games entering 2020. Dunn finished second on the team with 28 catches, 255 yards, and average 42.5 yards per game. He had at least three catches in all six games he played in and played a bigger role over those final three games. He had five catches against Iowa, a career-high seven in that overtime win against Minnesota, and six in the bowl game to lead the team in all three games in receiving. Now, the biggest surprise of the group was probably the play of true freshman Chimere DK. Now, the Waukesha native enrolled early for last year's spring practices. That never happened. But DK played in every game in 2020 and was a threat through the air. 12 catches, 189 yards, and a big touchdown reception against Northwestern. And he was also a factor on the ground without Davis and Pryor working those jet sweeps and end arounds. DK had six carries for, 50, for 48 yards. 
Now, with the offense returning its top four receivers from a season ago, there's hope that this group will be better suited for success. Now, throw in Devin Chandler, who had two catches for 28 yards. He kind of broke onto the field uh, later as the season wore on, especially in the return game when uh, Stephen Bracey went down. And he's having a strong camp. Uh, is junior A.J. Abbott. He's entering his fourth year in the program. And Abbott has yet to really achieve any consistent reps on the field, but has been productive in those practices that have been open to the media. Now, those three players, Abbott, Chandler, and DK, appear to have separated themselves from Bracey, Isaac Smith, and the walk-ons. And who knows what the future is also of scholarship receiver Taj Mustafa, who is still on the roster technically, or still in school, but not on the spring roster. Um, here's our conversation with Alvis Witted talking about his position group and him finally getting a chance to dive in and really talk X's and O's with his players this spring. Alvis, what specifically do you feel like Danny and Kendrick need to do to elevate their game this season and lead the wide receiver group? I just think they need to continue to believe in themselves. They, they've made great strides you know, in a COVID year and just continue to be confident, you know, really in their abilities. They've played a lot of ball here. They've earned a lot of respect with their teammates. Um, just let go, let go out there and play and let their play speak for themselves. Um, they got to continue to be uh, consistent and available, which, uh, you know, we've had some injuries earlier on in spring, but, um, you know, when they're on the field, you know, they're, they're, they're special. And uh, I'm excited to have all those guys back, all those seniors back, because they do bring a, uh, a good bit of expertise and experience to our young group. And, and it's been good. I was kind of in that same line. When you have a year that's frustrating like it was last season with the injuries and guys not being able to play, you get a sense of a hunger for, from the group right now that they want to go kind of prove last season wasn't you know what this group could be. You know, I do. I do. I, I think there uh, is a, a quite a bit of that, especially coming from a, a lot of younger guys. And and I'll, and I'll speak on one is in Chimeray, just his approach to, um, you know, having a COVID year, coming in and just playing and making plays, you know, showing that, you know, he can be trusted, he can be dependable, uh, his toughness. Just I love everything about that kid and what he's done. Um, and we have some other guys that are coming along. Uh, Devin Chandler's one who uh, had some flashes uh, last year. And, you know, again, it's just about, you know, getting that experience, you know, getting the reps this spring. This spring has been invaluable to our group because they need it and they didn't have that last spring. And so you can see the confidence in a lot of guys in their play. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm just not talking to the underclassmen, you know, Danny as well. Uh, and, and KP. So just having those guys again out there, being able to practice and get the reps and uh, a, a little bit of the new things that we're doing on offense, uh, you can see the confidence building, um, you know, when they're out there. Yeah, Elvis, obviously you had to depend on some guys like Jim and, and Dunn last year after you, you didn't have prior and Danny and, and they made some plays for you. But I'm just curious, what do you think you missed on the field as playmakers when those two guys weren't there? And also, were you involved in their decision process to return to UW? Uh, as far as what we missed, I just think, we again, we missed the, the experience of guys that know game situations, that know how to make plays, you know, in those tough situations. Uh, we missed those down-the-field throws uh, from, from Danny and KP, those guys that can take the top off of the coverage. And, um, you know, 
really, when those guys are out there, they're different. They are different, and they add a different dimension, uh, a positive dimension to our offense, you know, in the passing game. And uh, just as far as, uh, you know, where we're going now, uh, again, the, the trajectory these guys are going on right now, uh, I think it's, it's where we need to be. We just got to continue to keep the competition going in our room. Uh, and guys are doing some great things. You know, you, you miss a guy, you talk about a guy that's taking steps, A.J. Abbott, he's starting to flash. Uh, and he's got to continue to be consistent. And he can do some things. He's physically gifted. And uh, he's taking a different approach to just everything uh, that the position requires, the study, uh, the time after practice, and just coming up to see me. So there are some, there's a lot of positive things that are going on right now uh, behind the scenes. And, again, we just got to continue to stay on course with that. Regarding Kendrick and Danny, just how important is this offseason kind of for them just in terms of shaking off the rust from, that injury, from their injuries and having so much time unexpected off last fall? How, just how big is this offseason for them? I think it's it's huge. I really do. Uh, again, just because now you're getting back on the horse, now you're getting that muscle memory. You're building that muscle memory of, you know, just running different routes, uh, learning the type of things that we we want to implement, the new things that we want to implement, and uh, just getting back into playing football. Really, to be quite honest, and uh, I think with with you know repetition comes confidence. And uh, just to be confident and, you know, being in those tough situations, you know, going against our defense every day, uh, I think is is invaluable because we get some of the hardest looks that we'll see. And uh, I think going against our guys, it just makes us better. And so just to get the rust off, like you said, you know, getting back on the field, trusting your technique, doing the things necessary for us to, you know, continue to build on what we're trying to get going uh, for this upcoming season. Elvis, you talked about A.J. Abbott and mentioned some of the stuff that he's flashing. He seems to be more consistent, that he's, you know, doing, you know, he's talking to you more and whatnot. What, are there a couple of things that you're seeing on the field that are, di- you know, that are different from what you saw from him last year, you know, in, in, during the spring? I just think he's taking a bigger approach mentally for the game and, you know, not knowing just what his, his job is in a, certain, in a certain concept, but just seeing the big overall picture. I think he's taking time to really just, you know, study and, and, and understand the why. And I think it's starting to resonate with him. And you can see that just in a lot of plays that he makes. And, again, you know, A.J., he's, he's, he's physically gifted. And out there, you know, he, he, he has an element of, you know, uh, quickness and, and suddenness. Um, and, and he does have some good long speed. So, He's just got to continue to stay on that that same course and, and, and really not get satisfied with just being where he is now, but to just continue to take steps every day, you know, find, find ways to get better 1% every day. Elvis, in years past at Wisconsin, you couldn't always necessarily say there were five or six wide receivers that could make an impact each season. It appears you have that much potential based on the spring. Do you have a number in mind of how many you would like to play and can you envision using – five or six wide receivers in a season that can get uh, <laughs> I, I, Hey, if it was a perfect world, I'd use them all. <laughs> but um, obviously, you know, we are a, a, a pro-style multiple offense. We have great players, you know, at the tight end position. We have great backs. So there's only so many balls that can go around. 
Um, we just gonna we just gonna try to put the best product that we can on the field in regards to, you know, guys that do it consistently, that do it, uh, you know, the way we want it done. And uh, I think that we have a we have a room full of guys that potentially, uh, you know, in situations. And again, football is a very situational game, to where we can have maybe three, four guys on the field at a time. I think it's uh, you know for us to to continue to push the envelope as a uh, position group and and really try to help make each other better. I think if we continue to you know produce that competition within a room, um, you know it it could be really something really special. Well, this is a coach you kind of got thrown into a tough situation last year where you get hired and then spring practices get canceled and you get to fall and you're just trying to prepare for games. Is there things that you're able to really detail more or get really deeper into the weeds here in spring now that you're, you've got more time and you've got a little bit more of a stable situation? Absolutely. You know, everything from, you know, to the basics of a route, the stem, the release, the break point, you know, just all those little things um, come into balance, you know, just the standard operating procedure of what we need to do, you know, at the line of scrimmage, you know, recognizing defenses, defense, defensive recognition, and how it plays a part in, you know, our route adjustment and, 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 to- and really the big picture. I think all those things are, have been great, you know, experience for these guys to see. And then when we meet to make the corrections, and then to see those guys apply those corrections in those situations, um, it's, it's been really, really good. Uh, and we just got to continue to stay on that track and, and not not get complacent, but find ways to get better every day. Yeah, Elvis, we're going to get a chance to talk to Danny and KP about their decisions to come back this year to UW. I'm just curious, did they seek out advice from you? Did you share anything with them, especially considering you've coached their position in the NFL? Well, you know, in our conversation in the past, the one thing I, I think what gave them confidence to come back was knowing that I was going to be here and that I wasn't going anywhere. And I think that they believed in, enough in me to give me a chance so that we can actually see each other through through a full season, through a full off season, and actually help, you know, help each other get to where we want to get to and help us all accomplish our goals. And, you know, I want I, I so badly want to want to – I want to first of all win the West, and uh, and, and get to the show, get to the Big Ten championship. You know, uh, I think we have the tools to get there, um, but it's going to be a daily process. And I'm thankful for all those guys that are coming back because uh, they did, they do believe in UW, and they do believe that we have what it takes to get to where we where we ultimately want to go. So uh, I'm excited for those guys. I really am. Again, you're listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Benjamin Wargo, the Wisconsin football and men's basketball beat writer, your host for this episode. And now moving inside, now the Badgers have an all-conference player and one of the most reliable options on the roster in senior tight end Jake Ferguson. I mean, just look at this. A a year ago, Jake Ferguson played through a torn thumb ligament that never was really publicized, but he still played 444 snaps. That's second only to Mertz. And Ferguson led the team with 30 catches, 305 yards, and four receiving touchdowns. Let him in all three categories. And Ferguson was that reliable, consistent option for both Mertz and backup quarterback Chase Wolf. Ferguson caught at least one pass in every game. He has caught at least one pass in 33 straight games. That's the longest in school history for a tight end, and that's the fourth longest active streak 
in the FBS. And the chemistry between Ferguson and Mertz was really instantaneous from the start. You look at that opener against Illinois, Ferguson set career best with seven catches for 72 yards and three touchdowns in that blowout. And it started a streak of catching at least four passes and having at least 50 receiving yards in UW's first four games. And as, as important as his pass catching is, Ferguson improved drastically with his blocking. In 2019, Ferguson was graded the 209th best run blocking tight end and the 402nd best pass blocking tight end in the country by Pro Football Focus. Last year, Ferguson finished with a passing grade that ranked him 112th in the country and a run blocking grade that ranked him 114th. Now, the presence of Ferguson is huge for this offense. It just gives another option in the passing game, takes some pressure off of the wide receivers on the field as well, but it also serves the rest of the position group well, and arguably it already has through these these four weeks of spring practices. You look at Redshirt Jr., Jack Eschenbach, the only other tight end on the UW's roster who has caught a pass, which is just two for 27 yards. He has grown into the position, literally. A walk-on who is a high school wide receiver, Eschenbach has added 45 pounds to his frame to sit around 245 pounds total, and that has improved his confidence in pass catching, route running, and blocking. And you look at Hayden Rushi, he had the second highest snap count among tight ends last year at 164, but most of those snaps were focused on blocking. Now, according again to Pro Football Focus, Rushi was either pass blocking or run blocking 78.6% of the time he was on the field. And of those seven games he played in, he only received two passing targets with no catches. And he says that's okay by him, considering Rushi relishes his primary job of blocking. So much so that after playing at 250 pounds last year, Rushi said uh, just a couple weeks ago that he's pushed his weight into the mid-260s to better handle those edge rushers. Still, though, the prospect of catching passes is enticing moving into the fall. Like I said, Davis, Pryor, Ferguson, and Dunn are all healthy. If they're all in the field, that's going to attract a lot of attention from opposing defenses. There's only so many defenders who are going to be able to guard or cover these players this could line up Rushi for some options out in the flat or sneaking under uh, in the soft spots of the defense. And arguably in this group, the one with the highest ceiling is Jalen Franklin, who switched from the outside linebacker position last season, but really didn't do much on the stat sheet last year uh, because of COVID taking away a lot of practice time, practice reps from him. Now this spring, much like last year, Franklin's athleticism makes him unique to the group. And considering he has a background on the offensive side of the ball, played quarterback in high school, Franklin's physical tools should allow him to be more of a receiving threat this year than he was a year ago. Now, earlier this month, tight end coach Mickey Turner talked about the depth and the potential of his group with the media, and here's what he had to say. Where have guys taken steps forward who could contribute after Jake, and specifically Hayden, Clay, Jalen, and Jack? Um, All of them. You know, Jalen's been a little nicked up this spring. Um, he should be full go by next week. Uh, so he's the one that's probably taking the least reps of that group, but they've all been in the mix. Um, and, you know, they're all kind of at different stages. You know, Esh is a guy that's been traveling a little more than the others, but, you know, he was maybe a, a, a role player or a special teamer, and now he's got a chance to contribute on offense. Um, I see a great maturity in him. You know, he's, he's approaching it like a veteran, uh, like, a, like a guy that's his age. Uh, so he's probably, you know, put as much effort as anybody uh, in the group or, you know, you, you could ask anybody on the team. He's put as much effort in this offseason. So I'm excited about Esh. Um, you know, Hayden and Clay are making that transition from being 
a young guy that's just excited to kind of do what they can to be in more of that middle of the road, like, hey, I want to be out there. I want to be making an impact for us. Um, you know, and that whole class was the first class that got impacted by having no spring ball last year. So it's been fun to see them just kind of cut it loose and you're not having a game plan each week. You're not having to install new things day to day. It's like, here's our offense, just go play. And if you don't get it right, we're, trust me, we're going to get another rep at it. We're going to get another reach and another seam route and all those good things. So um, Hayden and Clay have both kind of own that, you know, and now there's the battle of consistency. I, I've seen flashes in both of them. Uh, and you got to see Hayden a little bit last year in games doing it where it's like, okay, we can win with that performance, but can you do a play in and play out? Um, and kind of raise yourself to that standard that a guy like Ferguson sets. Mickey, when, when Jake came in from high school, he talked about the fact that he was basically a wide receiver, didn't do a lot of blocking in high school, if at all. And I'm not saying that Eschenbach is going to be Jake, but similar situation, wide receiver, didn't have a clue about blocking. Can you get into the details about where he is physically as well and what he's able to do both as a blocker and receiving threat? Um, you know, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, I think the easy answer is just to go drone on about monotonous things like technique and, and work ethic. And, and those are all there, you know, that's kind of the foundation of this place. But, um, personality wise, it's kind of like, how do you find your confidence to where when you're out there against another big 10 team, you trust yourself to get it done. And, you know, Jake, his personality, we all know was swagger from the get go. And, and he knew he had a lot of work to do in the weight room and he put that work in, he put the weight on. He's learned the ins and outs of being a tight end, but he had confidence right off the bat. Um, you know, Jack Eschenbach, I think, had to earn it a different way, and I think his has been from outworking other people, um, spending the extra time. And so, you know, he shines when the lights aren't on and he's still here on the practice field hitting the sled by himself or coming up and meeting with me. You know, he meets with me more than any of them, asking for extra help with that. And so... I've seen that confidence switch finally turn on for him in these last few months, last year even. Um, but he had to kind of find it a different way. And, and similar body types in terms of what they were in high school, skinny, uh, good athletes, um, both had a want to. Uh, but, you know, Jake, I think from day one was like, I'm going to be great. Just, you know, keep hammering me till I get there. And, and Esh was like, I want to be great, but, but I need to do it my way. And, and he's doing that. So it's been pretty fun. Mickey, when you have all these young guys that are competing for different types of roles, and, and you know, is it difficult to divvy up the reps in practice and make sure that each guy gets a chance to kind of show his improvement? Absolutely. Uh, I remember springs when I was playing where a couple injuries and you've got like two guys to get through the whole practice. And I think it was my senior year um, or junior year, Garrett Graham, you know, he was out all spring with the shoulder surgery. Travis Beckham was out. Uh, Lance was a young guy and it was me and like a mid-year named Jake Byrne who didn't even know how to get in the stance and it's kind of like hey you're gonna get like 80 reps today go after it and and so I tell these guys now just the way this year's worked out um, and having a mid-year come in we had eight guys on day one like I've never had that in the spring eight healthy bodies uh, so I think initially it was tough um, because of some you know guys getting nicked up at other positions we've kind of absorb those we're taking uh, what might be traditionally a fullback rep or a receiver rep and you know we I, I'm very clear in the meetings like we make no flinch about that like take all the reps you can get because as you guys know once fall camp hits like things funnel down very quickly because you got to get ready for a game so own them now um, you know I think as spring's gone on 
you, you know, a couple guys banged up in your own room, and so the reps start to balance out. Um, but I definitely do not uh, feel like I'm wearing anybody out. I feel like they're, they're all good reps, and, and we got plenty more to take if they're available. Just in regard to Jake, what do you think is the next step he needs to take now and just to get ready for the next level and also to be the best college player he can be this upcoming season? You know, Steve, this is the first time I've seen him just on a day-to-day basis have the consistency of attitude that he's had. Um, So he's still, you know, he's making plays in practice. Um, He's doing a lot of things right. He's being a leader, um, but... Every other time I've been with him, there would be a day or a period where there was a little bit of let off and he, he you know, I had to regroup or he, I had to bring him up. And, hey, man, come on now. You, you got to be the guy for us. And um, he has been an absolute pro from day one with the, with the spring, you know, probably all the way through training. Um, I think kind of as, as we finish spring in the next month and then get ready for the season, I think his biggest thing in the summer will just be getting his body as absolutely strong and flexible and durable as possible so that he could be 100% or, or close to it going into the games. Because if he's feeling well, I know what the attitude he's got right now. He, he's a matchup nightmare. Um, he's as good as anybody. But, you know, if, if, if his body gets beat down a little bit or, you know, he has to take rep after rep and he's not taking care of himself, then a 50% Jake is just another body out there. But a guy that's, that's feeling good, um, he's pretty dangerous. Mickey, I have two questions for you. First, you mentioned Jalen has been banged up. Paul said last season that moving Jalen to tight end gave the group something a little different. What is that in your mind? And then the second question is just in general, how important do you believe it is to get more production from some of these young guys after Jake, knowing what you're going to get out of him? Uh, Great question. So, I mean, Jalen, just off the tape, it's athleticism. But I think when you add in his length and his – his suddenness, you know, you can say they're a good athlete, but that can go in a lot of different directions. Um, but he's got the ability to be sudden and, you know, he can make DBs on our team look silly sometimes with how he changes direction or how you know, he had the six, six piece into it and how he jumps. Um, so it, I've had enough players where they're awesome at technique and you got to get the most out of them physically. He's a guy that's the other. He's got great physical traits, and now I just need to whittle him down into being a tight end. Um, but, you know, it, you, you add him in with a guy like Jake, Esh, some, you know, some of the real fast guys, um, it really balances out our, our tight end group because we got plenty of hammers. we got plenty of big, strong guys, so you always want a little bit of um, balance they can play off each other. You know, and that's, that's been since, since I was here before. Like, you never had just cookie-cutter tight ends. There was always that a little bit more athletic guy, a little bit more receiver guy, a little bit bigger guy, and then how do you get them to do as much as they can so they can play off each other? And then will you remind me of the other question, Jesse? Yeah, uh, I was asking, you're talking about some of these younger guys. Uh, Jake pretty much has all the, the catches, all the stats in the entire tight end group, say for a couple. How important is it in your mind to get more production out of these guys this season, or do you feel like you can just rely on Jake? No, I think we, we definitely need more of a, a, a spread um, spread the wealth kind of mentality. And, and you saw it last year, um, you know, with some of the receivers going down. It's not like you need to be this All-American beat every one-on-one scenario. I mean, Esh had the one catch against Indiana where he just ran a little sit route. He read the zone correctly, and we hit him for like a 25-yard gain. Those opportunities are all over the field. 
So it's a, a lot of times just knowing what to do and doing it right. Um, and where in the past, uh, you know, that was kind of the battle is just getting to know what to do. I think they all know what now. And, and so now I feel confident putting them in the game because they'll be in the right spot. And then when you do get those, those hard matchups, those, you know, third mediums in the fourth quarter that you got to win, um, that's where they got to keep growing a little bit. And, and I've seen that out of some of them this spring where I hadn't seen in the past. Obviously, Jake does it, but but out of the rest of that group. So um, I think we, we could spend a little more time in 12 this year and be okay. Mickey, I'm, I'm guessing you talked to Jake last year periodically about what his future would be, whether that meant turning pro or coming back. But until he let you guys know officially, were you, were you surprised at all by his decision? Um, I think with the year that we had, just just in general in college football, um, I wasn't hugely surprised. I knew he'd have to kind of weigh the pros and cons in his head, so I didn't think it was a no-brainer for him. Um, but he's a guy that kind of wants to put his stamp on Wisconsin football, you know, and, and it was hard to do that last year. You just didn't really have the opportunity as a team to be like, hey, do you remember that 2020 year? Like, oh, I, I remember taking my kids to those games. Like, he hears those stories growing up of those teams throughout the years that were like memorable teams. And I think he wants, especially with his class, you know, the guys he came in with, you can look across kind of who our starters are right now and the ones that are the same age as him. He wants to finish with something strong with those guys and feel like, yep, yeah, that was our year. You know, that's where we were leaders of the team and, and we pushed it as hard as we could. So um, obviously there was the personal things that went into it, uh, which we all know, but but I think that kind of team mindset, too, was, was something that doesn't get publicized about him, but he's very conscious of. Both of these groups look vastly similar in terms of personnel the last season. These groups mean the wide receivers and the tight ends. Now, there wasn't a lot of success with UW's depth last season, especially after Davis and Pryor went down and Ferguson was kind of a one-man show on an island a lot of times with some help from Jack Dunn and others. But in terms of the explosiveness on the stat sheet, the players returning and the coaches signaled that their growth and their preparedness entering the fall is going to pay dividends and make this a more well-rounded unit. And it's early, but the drills on the practice field show promise that Wisconsin's offense looks to rebound in 2021 and could possibly be one of the best units in the Big Ten West, if not the Big Ten, if not the Midwest, eh, maybe the country. Still time will tell on that front on how good Wisconsin can be in year two under Graham Mertz with a lot of seniors at his disposal. Next week on the podcast, we're going into the trenches, taking a look at the offensive and defensive lines, one group that returns a lot of experience and depth, and the other looking at a near-complete makeover with a brand-new position coach. For all the latest on Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting, log on to BadgerBlitz.com and follow us on Twitter at Badger underscore Blitz. You can also follow me on Twitter at the Badger Nation. Thanks again for listening and downloading the show. We'll talk to you next week here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.